Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chapter Brothers. My name is Nick Ackerman. And my name is Kevin Ackerman. <laughs> and we're going to continue on today with the Slow Mutants. It's been a slow slog through <laughs> Slow it Mutants. It is, a yeah. A great chapter. But definitely, I mean, I feel like that's kind of part of it, that they're walking on through the dark, so you're not quite sure how long it's going to take or what the... Uh, how, uh, you know, what what's even going to happen, so... I mean, that's what uh, Stephen King's all about, is that uh, sense of, uh, um, uh, ooh, like, what's going to happen next? Mm -hmm. You know, like, will we be in the dark forever? I don't know, but I've, I'm scared. Mm. <laughs> and it's okay to be scared, but like, mm. oh, for these guys, they're in the middle of a dang cave. Mm -hmm. But thank goodness for the push carts. Exactly. So moving them on speedily. True. Um, yeah, we we got these glow in the dark mutants coming. One guy with uh, a head that's just full of all different eyes. Another guy has like tentacle arms. So suckers, exactly. <laughs> yeah, a knotted mess of tentacular limbs and suckers. Uh, well, it's time for the Stephen King trivia. Dun da da da. So uh, I just had a couple things from the stand, which we were talking about last week. Um, and two quick questions. All Which right. character liked fire in the stand? Oh, that would be the trash can man. Hell yeah. The Donald Merwin Elbert. Yes. Oh, knew his whole name, too. Mm. Good work. Um, and the other one was, which musician had a character based upon him? Uh, is it like, Bruce Springsteen? Real world. Yep. Nice. And what's the character? Uh, Larry Underwood. Heck yeah. Good job. Um, nice. And finally, so the the stand, the name of the book, came from Bruce, Bruce Springsteen's song. Mm. And listeners, we're from New Jersey, so we're, we're big Springsteen fans. We, you almost have to be when you're from New Jersey. Kevin's eh, not a big fan. Not as much now. The the big the big New Jersey three, uh, Springsteen, Bon Jovi, and Sinatra are not uh, uh, favorites of mine. Oh, oh, well. Have you been to a Springsteen concert, Kevin? I have not. So you might change your mind if you went to a Springsteen concert because they rock for like three hours. Like it's an awesome show and a good time. But anyway, this I'm not going to try to convert you right now. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he's got a few songs that I like, but I would never like consider myself a Springsteen fan, though. Yeah, that's cool. Teach their own. Mm -hmm. um, I like him a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's awesome. And I had a great time at the concert. Um, anyway, the question I have for you, there's a Springsteen song that The Stand, the name for, of it is based on. And you'll never get it because you're not a fan. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think I know it. Yeah, it's it's not a so, it's it's not like a, a major. Uh, I mean, but it's it's kind of a deep cut. Yeah, um, you know, seventies Springsteen, early eighties, but you wouldn't know it. It's called "Stand on It." Stand on yeah, no. Stand Stand on it. Um, well, look it up after we're done because it's a rocking tune. All right. It's pretty fun. Nice. But that's where he got the name The Stand and Larry Underwood as well. Mm. Nice. Anyway, back to the text. So last week we left off on, we were talking a lot about the id, ego, and super ego. So the, let's see, the, this time let's start with the gunslinger pumped steadily but did not increase his speed. I'll, yeah, I'll start reading <clears throat> from the old book. 
Mm. The gunslinger pumped steadily, but did not increase his speed. The slow mutants could smell their terror. He knew that, but he doubted if terror would be enough for them. He and the boy were, after all, creatures of the light and whole. How they must hate us, he thought, and wondered if they had hated the man in black in the same way. He thought not, or perhaps he had passed among them and through their pitiful hive colony unknown. Only the shadow of a dark wing. Hive colony. Ooh. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on here. So, like, who are the slow mutants? Uh, What's going on there? So it seems like... (laughs) I don't know if we ever get like a real explanation, but it seems like they've kind of more or less always been there that uh, like even when Roland left uh, Gilead uh, years ago, the uh, slow mutants had moved into the kitchen. So they're definitely not recent, but it seems like they are some sort of mutant or maybe they were exposed to some kind of fallout or radiation of some kind, but definitely seem like they uh, they're just sort of taken as a matter of course in uh, Roland's world. So, yeah, I, I don't think he ever really goes into very much detail to explain who they are, or what or where they came from. But definitely... But he, did, he did mention them in a previous chapter, right? Precisely, he, he yeah. He's talking about the slow mutants as being, uh, you know, these people that aren't... Not even people? Are they human beings, Kevin? I don't know. He seems to treat them as less than human beings, as though they maybe, uh, because of whatever radiation they were exposed to, maybe it affected their brains or something, but definitely uh, tragic figures, to be sure. So there were a few changes in that uh, paragraph, basically, you know, kind of... uh, little changes here and there, but so originally it said the slow mutants could smell their terror, uh, but he doubted if terror would be enough for them. In the new version, it says he doubted if terror would be enough to motivate them. So mm, mm. just a little bit more specific in that case. Uh, then there, the last sentence of that paragraph. Well, he he's, thought, he's thinking about the, the motivations of the, the slow mutants. And, and that's what we're talking about. It's like, what did, what do they want? Mm. Do they want to kill them or they, do they want to eat at them? Like, do they hate the fact that they're uh, people of the light? Which is what, the uh, yeah, that is what Roland yeah. seems to think, that how they must hate us because we're of the lights and whole and whatnot. Uh, and then, yeah, he says he wondered if they hated the man in black the same way. He thought not, uh, or perhaps he had passed among them. Yeah, in the new version, it says, uh, or perhaps he had passed among them only like the shadow of a dark wing in this greater darkness. So, cut out the whole, uh, the hive part. Uh, let's see. Oh, they, they cut that out? Cause, yeah. Because that actually gave me a little bit more knowledge of, like, the hive colony. Hmm. Like, they're a, 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 I don't know. You know what it made me think of? And I always make Star Wars references, but, <laughs> um, Geonosis. Like, I could see that, uh, yeah. You know, the insects, and they're living in a hive. There's probably a, you think there's a queen slow mutants in the rest uh, of them? Or? Interesting. I think, I don't know if they're fully insectile, but they definitely do have some sort of a like less than human kind of uh, civilization, it seems like. that they're, they do, It doesn't yeah. seem like they're talking to each other. So it's just sort of a you know, sub but, uh, consciousness. Like zombies, yeah. it seems yeah, like. Yeah, zombie-esque like, is a good word. Slowly moving along and, you know, um, maybe they have no motivations. Their motivations are just, I must kill, eat brains, mm-hmm. 
Brains. Food, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, that's the motivation of all animals. It's like, I need to eat food, and I need to survive, so... Indeed. And when you live in the dark your whole life, it's pretty brutal. Mm. Did, did we talk about ph- phosphorescence last time, Kev? Oh, oh uh, we did. We might have. I know that's... We sort of, like, talked around it, that they were phosphorescent. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we did. All right. I, I forget sometimes the things we talk about and the things we didn't. But um, they're glowing. Right. Yeah, sort of this pale green, glow-in-the-dark kind of thing going on, yeah. So, did I show you this picture? Because I I finally reached this illustration. Nice, yeah. Can you see it? I can sort of see it, but I I know the one you're talking about, yeah. Illustration of the slogans. I mean, you you can look it up. Michael Whalen um, illustration, but it's it's the gunslinger pulling Jake back in, which we're about to get to. Oh, the boy made a noise in his throat, and the gunslinger turned his head almost casually. Four of them were charging the handcar in a stumbling way, one of them in the process of finding a hand grip. The gunslinger let go of the handle and drew again with the sleepy with, with the same sleepy casual motion. He shot the lead mutant in the head. The mutant made a sighing, sobbing noise and began to grin. Its hands were limp and fish-like dead. The fingers clove to one another like the fingers of a glove long immersed in drying mud. One of these corpse hands found the boy's foot and began to pull. The boy shrieked aloud in the granite womb. Now, I don't want to read everything, but, like, the tensions are building. Oh, totally, yeah. They <laughs> think they're getting rid of him, and then another one comes up and just sort of grabs hold of him. Yeah. So, yeah, no real... Uh, there was one minor change where he added a hyphen in the middle of Fish Lake, but the rest of it is uh, exactly the same in the new version. Exactly the same. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think... So he tends to uh, change less things in action sequences. Definitely. And the, the things that he changes are, like, exposition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, scenes where he's creating the, the, the scenery and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like they're in the 2003 version. He's much more, uh, he's more descriptive, I guess. Uh, yeah, in the in the original, it's very kind of stark, and you know, it, it, it gives off the feeling of someone in the desert where it's like desiccated out of all like descriptor, descriptor, blah, descriptors. So it's uh, almost dried out and kind of like just bare bones. And I feel like that yeah, works yeah. tonally, but I do kind of like having a little bit more uh, adjectives in the new version. Yeah. Oh, totally, yeah. The boys shrieked aloud in the granite womb. I I love that one-line description of the cave that they're in, the granite womb. Exactly, like they're yeah. being born from rock mm. at the moment. True, like, yeah. Roland tries to shoot him, but uh, apparently guns aren't quite enough, because the thing is still holding on to Jake. Uh, let's see, in the old original, it says... Where is it? The thing was... Uh, bu- bu- bu. The thing was amazingly strong. In the new version, it says uh, thing was surprisingly strong. So a little bit. Uh, you know, I was thinking less. about that. Like the word "amazingly," like you, you don't see that too often. Surprisingly Agreed. is surprisingly uh, is much more common. Much more, but yeah, yeah, I feel like amazingly strong might be uh, maybe a little bit too much for uh, well, for Roland to, also, uh, to hold on to. Stephen and his Swifties, True. you know. No, I mean, both of them are, both of them are adverbs. Yeah. Either amazingly or, uh, surprisingly. So, yeah. 
Let's see. So, yeah. So there's, there's there's a point coming up later where I was reading the original and I was like, I guarantee that was changed. Oh, like yeah. I, I'm, I'm reading the new one for the first time when I'm like talking to you mm-hmm. and I, I read the original. But like when I read the original, now, I'm like, I bet he changed that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll see it when we get to it. So, um, yeah. Anywho. So not only. Uh, two of them. Uh, yeah, not only uh, a bullet to the chest, but also takes a bullet in the head. One eye goes out, went out like a candle. Still, it pulled. They engaged in a silent tug of war for Jake's jerking, wriggling body. So the, po- the point is, you can't kill these things, it seems. I mean... Uh, a shot to the head. That's probably part of one but- of the advantages to your brain devolving so it's smaller and smaller, so that uh, you could get shot in, in the head, and maybe, it's, maybe that's what happened, that it didn't hit brain. So that was why... Uh, uh, what is it? Roland is uh, you know, able to shoot these things so many times, and it's not dead yet. At least that's where mm. my, where my head's at. That's horrifying. Kevin. Mm. That's that's the stuff of horror movies. It's like exactly, I keep shooting them and shooting them, but but they keep coming and they keep coming, and they their numbers are growing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is such a cool scene. Like as far it's as true suspense, you know, and like wonder, like oh gosh, and like a ticking clock of like ooh. Can we get to there by this time? I don't know. Mm, Actually, exactly. there's no ticking clock because they, they don't know where they're going. This, this is an endless tunnel. True. Granite womb. Well, I mean, uh, as we're about to see, it's not only just the fact that there's more of them that are coming and they, one of them's got a hold on Jake. Uh, actually, yeah, they're still, still holding on. Um, it's also that uh, in a second we'll see the... Oh, no, actually, not quite yet. But yes, so... Uh, in a second, we're about to see the gunslinger, Roland, as we know him, of course, like, actually become a person for a second. Mm. And, and, I don't know. True. Well, before we get but, there... Can, can uh, I go? There's one part uh, where it says they yanked on him like a wishbone, and then in the new version it says the slow mutants yanked on him like a wishbone. The wish would undoubtedly be to dine. And that just seemed very corny to me. <laughs> oh, that's new. Yeah, that's oh, new. Oh, gosh, yeah, that's that's a different... The wish would... You ever do the wishbone, Kev? I do. Uh, with the, the turkey? Mm. Do you usually win or lose? I feel like it's 50-50. There have been times I win, times I lose. Yeah, I guess that's how it goes. Um... I usually so, lose. Yeah. I think if if you pull too hard, then it'll break for the other person. So it, the wishbone is very similar to the, the push cart we're talking about here. Very true. And that like each part of it is important, you know, and if you pull too hard, then it won't work. Uh, and I believe that's like the clavicle of the turkey. I guess so. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like we're just above the like the lungs, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's located, you know, but yeah. it looks like it has no, like, articulation point to muscles, but I would mm. say it's the clavicle, right? True. I don't know. I'll look it up later. <laughs> um, before but we yes. uh, move to, to the, the part, actually, you want to read the next part? Uh, yeah, so going back to our whole uh, Jesus, our whole biblical motifs, uh, the handcart was slowing down. The others began to close in. The lame, the halt, the blind. Perhaps they only looked for a Jesus to heal them, to raise them Lazarus-like from the darkness. So, yet again, we've got this uh, sort of religious vibe going on, uh, looking for a I Jesus. I mean, that's been going on from the start. Oh, was totally. Like, oh, okay. I guess there's a biblical aspect of this book, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um to, to look at the Bible from a different point of view and take the same 
um, stories and and customs and stuff and just put them into something else. And I think that's what Stephen King was doing here. Is in a lot of ways, I'm like, oh, okay. So it's the Bible, and it's uh, it's Roland learning to be what's the word uh, compassionate. <laughs> uh, yeah, or just be the man Jesus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm. At least uh, so. So Jake is is his son, like the son of God. So he's God, and Jake is Jesus. Interesting, because we are just constantly ramping up to this big sacrifice that he seems likely to make of Jake. So maybe, yeah, maybe that is the whole thing of uh, this is kind of like the Bible from God's point of view. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Interesting. So God is uh, a violent anyway. slinger, taking, uh, just uh, using the faith of those who follow him. Hell yeah. God is an autistic gunslinger. I love mm. it. I can see that. I can see that. And we're all just in a, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, a, a, a computer program. We're in mm. the Matrix. A simulation, and, uh, yeah. The gunslinger is run a simulation. That's what I was trying to look for. <laughs> Oh, probably not. Mm. I don't know. Whatever. Well, (laughs) the point is, it doesn't really make a difference, I don't think. No, yeah. Well, I'm just making wild accusations all the time because I have no idea what's coming up next. But Mm, gotcha. They keep mentioning Jesus and stuff, you know. Mm. Perhaps they were, they only looked for Jesus to heal them, to raise them like Lazarus, like from the darkness. And then Um, immediately after that, that's what the slow mutants. Yeah, that's yeah. what the slow immediately after that is is my my favorite part. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, the only change here is he he italicized the the thinking parts, but the text is exactly the same. <laughs> All right, yeah, <clears throat> I'm gonna read from the original. <clears throat> it's the end for the boy. The gunslinger thought with perfect coldness. This is the end. He meant. Let go and pump, or hold on and be buried. The end for the boy. And now, I'm going to keep reading. (sighs) He gave a tremendous yank on the boy's arm and shot the mutant in the belly. For one frozen moment, its grip grew even tighter, and Jake began to slide off the edge again. Then the dead mud hands loosened, and the slow mutie fell on its face between the tracks behind the slowing handcar, still grinning. (sighs) Wait, I, I, I thought you'd leave me, the boy was sobbing. I thought, I thought... Hold on to my belt, the gunslinger said. Hold on just as tight as you can. Oh, Kevin, yeah. that's my favorite part of this book so far. And I just started reading. But like, oh, that's the gunslinger going from like, ah, this is David. This is another tool. This is another gun, Jake, to mm-hmm. loving the boy and mm-hmm. pulling him back to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know what happens next, but like Jake didn't die. I was like, oh, God, I thought we were going to lose Jake right there. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, the, he's, he's definitely it feels almost like when you're winding up a, a toy and uh, that's going to, you know, spin out or if it's like a toy car or something like I feel like he's just ratcheting the tension tighter and tighter. And, you know, just like, OK, maybe not yet. Maybe not yet. But when it eventually comes, it's just going to explode. Yeah. Oh, so we'll yeah. see. Uh, I'm just realizing the bond between them that has grown. Indeed, and, it keeps growing. Uh, yeah, Roland has. Well, I don't know. Has he ever had a bond like that? I guess with his mother and with the woman, uh, Susan. No, 
What's the woman's name who who died while he was had a collar around his neck? That was Susan. Yeah, it's Susan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The his true love, Ali from Tull, but and then there's Jake. So mm-hmm. he's got like four people in his life, and three of them are women. This is mm-hmm. the first like male well, companionship I mean, he's ever had. Well, I mean his father, his I guess. Friends, uh, oh, and there's yeah. Cuthbert, Cuthbert and, and Jamie yeah. and Alan. Yeah, I don't know. It, it it didn't seem like they were like had a connection. Hmm. It was like, these are the people that I'm with, especially the way that he went to the, uh, the trials at the end there to fight court. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, he just walked right past Cuthbert. He's like, I don't have time for you. You're, mm-hmm. you're a child and I'm an, I'm a gunslinger and I need to do some things. It's true. It very much is. I am the Royal family and you're not without actually saying those words. Like there is that kind mm-hmm. of a remove of uh, royalty versus, uh, I mean, Cuthbert, his father's a gunslinger. True, but he's like somewhat lesser than like, you know, Duke or, or whatever the, the lower uh, class of the Royals are. Duke. <laughs> nice. Anyway. Peter formerly known as King. <laughs> I used to sling guns, but not anymore. Mm. Anyway, uh, back to... Um, so, yeah, so a couple of the t- the minor changes in there. really important. Oh, there yes. are changes? Good. Uh, Tell me. So, the sentence that you said, uh, let's see. Then the dead mud hands loose, loosened, and the mute, slow muty fell on its face between the tracks, behind the slowing hand car, still grinning. And that this one, I feel I like the changes. The new version, it says, then the dead mud mitts loosened, which just a little bit of, uh, uh, what do you call? Um, oh, m- more uncanny valley. Like, it's mitts, mud not mitts. hands. Yeah, so exactly. It's, it's not a human being. This is a different thing and we don't care if it dies because it's not a human and a little bit of alliteration in there too mud mitts instead of mud hands mud mitts uh, and then it, it uh, there's a little bit of a subtraction there in the new version it just says and the slow muty fell on its face behind the hand car still grinning so it took out the between the tracks behind the hand car over the river and through the woods mm. to grandmother's house we go like there's too many <laughs> different clauses tossed into that sentence <laughs> so just cut it down yeah um, but fell I like face behind the car still Still, Still grinning. grinning. Exactly. So we talked about the, the, the evil grin that Rodigal um, the man of black for his trials. No, oh, no, true. Um, yeah, the gunslinger oh, had the the rictus grin. You're right. The, the rictus grin. He always mm. had this grin on his face so when, when he was of purpose. I don't know. Yeah. It just reminded me of that. Indeed, the crazy face grin, exactly. And uh, uh-huh. the same way, this is kind of like a unconscious thing, because this thing has been shot in the head and the stomach and the so many like places, but still grinning in death. So very eerie. But yes. Also, also I want to mention, um, uh, Roland found his aim again. So that's good. True. Because this is the first time he's shot his gun since he saw the man in black at mm. the on the mountain, right? True. Which, and I feel like that almost seems like the man in black almost magically made him miss because it, Roland just yes, comes across as the kind absolutely. of person who almost never misses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely thought that while I was reading this, I was like, he always hits Mark, yeah. even in the dark. Mm-hmm. That, that rhymed. Yay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And um, then. So skipping forward a little bit, uh, yeah, they have that lovely moment where Jake is crying. He thought he would leave him. And so then 
Let's see. They kind of move forward a little bit. They talk about the uh, faces that generated weak phosphorescence common to those weird deep sea fishes that live under incredible mm. black pressure. I love that part. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to talk about that for a second. Yeah, it's, go for it. Uh, the difference between phosphorescence and luminescence and uh, um, uh, fluorescence. It, it, and they're all ways of emitting light. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm just going to read, uh, luminescence is the emission of light produced by means other than heat. Fluorescence is the emission of light by an object exposed to electromagnetic radiation. Mm. Phosphorescence is the continued emissions of light without heat after exposure to and removal of a source of electromagnetic radiation. So, so luminescence requires heat. Phosphorescence is just chemistry. Fluorescence is is, is heat and electromagnetic radiation. Okay. Luminescence is something other than heat. So when we talk about like bioluminescent organisms like um, fireflies or uh, anglerfish, which is mm. what he's thinking about here, right. is the deep sea. That's uh, luminescence. It's like light that's coming, but not from reflection, not from heat. When they say electromagnetic radiation, they're saying solar radiation, the Mm. sun. So luminescence is everything. Sorry, fluorescence is everything we see around us. Anything you're looking at is fluorescence. It's reflecting light from the sun. Mm. All right. Now, if you think about the darkness... The only way that that light can happen, there's no, there's no sun, mm-hmm. you know? So it has to be something from within. So phosphorescence specifically is a type of luminescence, really. Gotcha. I think. It's the continued emission of light without heat after exposure to and a removal of a source of electromagnetic radiation, otherwise known as the sun. Hmm. Um, so that would be like those like glow-in-the-dark things that you have to like show them to the light and then turn the light off and then it's, it glows. It's not the kind that like uh, emits glow-in-the-dark radiation of its own. So it's coming from within is, is the thing. And, and, and they're able to... And you're, what you're saying is right, Kevin, I think. Okay. Um, look this up on your computer because I know you have another screen open. I do. Um, if wow yeah it's the exposure to the light and then the the absorption of that and then releasing it later on right i believe is what it means so like these are like glow worms have you seen glow worms they're so cool oh yeah (laughs) um but they live in caves as well um and they they they, the, the actual organism attaches itself to the top of the cave wall and then it lets out this like ooze that glows and attracts like bats to it and stuff. And they, then they eat the bat. Hmm. Yeah. Cause <laughs> really like cool. the, the, like the, the stream or the trail behind them is like this really like sticky stuff that the bat or whatever gets like trapped in and then can like absorb it. Uh huh. Yeah. But yeah. Phosphorescence. Well, I'm sure the word phosphorus or the element phosphorus is, is that involved? Uh, Tell me what you looked up there, brother. So, right now I've got the difference between photoluminescence and fluorescence. So, this is saying that uh, photoluminescence occurs via absorbing and emitting photons having either different or equal wavelengths, whereas fluorescence occurs by emitting a longer wavelength than the absorbed wavelength. So, this seems to be talking more in terms of physics than biology. Uh, Absorbed and reflected, like, absorbed means you're absorbing it from the sun. And 
phosphorescence has it's coming from within the organism itself. Right. They don't need the sun to, to produce this light. I don't know. Photons of light. It's True. really cool. Very cool. Yeah, according to another thing, fluorescence is where a material absorbs a photon and immediately emits a lower energy photon. Phosphorescence occurs over a longer period as it requires a forbidden transition. What is that? A forbidden transition. Ooh, forbidden transition. That sounds like a good name for a band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's in the definition? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, according to this, fluorescence and phosphorescence are two forms of photoluminescence. So it looks like luminescence is the, the blanket term, and then the two different kinds are fluorescence and phosphorescence. Exactly. Okay. That's what I was thinking. And, and it's, it's whether it's you know, absorbed light from the sun that you're reflecting off or if it's coming from within. And that's, you know, like I was saying, fireflies or lightning bugs, as we call them in New Jersey. Indeed. <laughs> Electric eels. That, that's one of those things uh, around the, uh, America that they call things differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you call those things that glow? Are they fireflies or are they lightning bugs? Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is like soda and pop. True. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Out here, more people call it pop than soda. True. Yeah, I grew up with soda. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Moving on. So I think Stephen King has it right that the slow mutants have phosphorescence and not fluorescence. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Just like the deep sea fish, exactly. fish, and other, other, many other species that live down there that we don't even know about. We know mm. more about the moon than we do the deep sea. True. Well, it's much more shallow. You can look at the moon just from a telescope, but I feel like the deep sea, there's all sorts of stuff in the way and whatnot. So it's And, and it's dark. Very dark. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to see down there. You know? Very true. Anyway. Anyway. So, yes. So, as we can see, uh, right after that... Oh, yeah. So, in the original version, it said, The slow mutants fell back a step and watched them go, with faces hardly human, or pathetically so. Faces that generated the weak phosphorescence common to those weird deep-sea fishes that live under incredible black pressure. Faces that held no anger or hate on their senseless orbs, but only what seemed to be semi-conscious idiot regret. So... I mean, it's like a powerful part. Don't feel bad yeah. for these things. He's he's like adding that in. Oh, really? Like, I feel, feel like it's the opposite. Or you should feel bad for them. I don't know. Yeah, because it's saying they help no I, anger I'm or I'm still hate. wondering about the origin. I'm still worrying about the origin of the slow mutants. And it may. I feel like, like they. Clearly, these were. It's like a golem, like it's yeah, Smeagol. Very much like, so. Like they've retreated into the mountains, and now for some reason they have changed. Did they need something and want something in the past? And now this is their fate to be in this cave forever? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we were talking about last week. It was the poor, unfortunate souls. Like True. Ooh, actually, I didn't put something together until now, but there, there is uh, something that comes later that'll, that might uh, put a little bit more, uh, give you more clarity on that question. Uh, okay, but cool. until yeah. we get there, uh, the just to finish out that last uh, paragraph, the uh, originally it said, uh, what was it? Held no anger or hate on their senseless orbs, and the new version cut out the senseless orbs and just said, uh, held no anger or hate, but only what seemed to be semi-conscious idiot regret. So it's like you, oh, okay. you feel a little bit sad for them, but you're not quite sure. Like they don't really, they can't really control what they're doing. 
But then, right, immediately after we have this, we see that they laid rocks across the track. So maybe they do have a little bit more forethought. They have some brains. They're like, okay, let's stop this thing. Yeah. So, yeah, we hear this guy coming. So let's, yeah, block off the track. Yeah. Uh, Before we move on, real quick, um, what does the word idiot actually mean? Let's see. Idiot regret, like, um, because, you know, you call people an idiot or idiot, like, I feel like it has, and and I don't know the answer to this question, I'm just rhetorically asking it, um, idiot regret, like, like, speaking from the slow mutants point of view, like, this is a stupid person, like, Mm. that's, that's what I think of when I think of an idiot, but what's the actual definition? Uh, well, let's see. The official definition is either a stupid person or archaic, a person of low intelligence. So, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Okay, so a stupid person is what I was thinking. So basically, it so almost seems idiot like it sounds like a stupid person. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not only, but that it kind of uh, is in the same way that like a retarded person has. It's no longer being used. I feel like before even. Before it was retarded, it was idiot. So idiot was like a, psy- a psychiatric term almost. Yeah. And now is no, these, uh, these are words we don't use the, anymore. Yeah. You're absolutely exactly. right. I mean, that goes full circle to things we talked about in the past. Like, you know, um, words change over the years based on uh, sentimentalities of the populace. So exactly. We don't use the word idiot. We don't use the word retarded. We don't mm. talk like that anymore. Correct. It's just... Uh, Messed up. You don't talk to people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, According to this, idiot idiot was formerly a technical term in legal and psychiatric contexts with some kinds for some kinds of intellectual disability where the mental age is two years or less and the person cannot guard themselves Mm. against common physical dangers. Uh, Then there's another thing that I'm seeing. Apparently the original less, huh? Yeah. Two years or less. But the original like like, toddler. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but like the original, like ancient uh, origin was from the Greek word idiotis, which meant a private person or non-participant in public, i.e. political affairs. So it oh. went from being a person who is sort of like separated, uh, almost like a hermit, to then being a psychiatric term, to now it's just more of a slur. Yeah. Hmm. So definitely an Isn't interesting what, uh, journey. Isn't that what happened to uh, Lazarus? Going back to him, he was huh. kind of a, away I from the. Had, uh, I think he was a, a leper or something, and he oh, died. He? Like he went to, I think that was it. And then um, Jesus comes over and is like, "Lazarus, come out of your tomb." Blah. But like he was a hermit on his own. So like, he, that's that's the cool thing about the Bible is like it's a bunch of like side stories sometimes. Exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not like really the important stuff that's going on with like the Roman Empire taking over. It's Jesus going to a freaking cave and raising some leper from the dead. It's true. It's very <laughs> local politics. Uh, the story of Jesus. Yeah. He. What was it? Uh, like even the the height of uh, Palm Sunday. I think he's in Jerusalem, right? He never really goes to Rome. Yeah. yeah. It's only like uh, Paul and uh, various other, uh, you know, followers mm-hmm. who end up uh, taking the, the word the Romans far and wide. Are, the Romans are, not, not to, and, and this is for another podcast that we'll probably do someday. Maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, like King, King Herod is mm-hmm. a, a Roman, kind of like 
consulate or whatever. Mm. So a- anyway, that's just anyway. the history of the stupid Bible. But <laughs> point being, oh, it's not it's not stupid. I'm mm. sorry. It's it's very important to many people. But yes, indeed. But in any case, the way is the way has been blocked. Uh, so basically, so the way has been blocked. So he's like, "Yo, Jake, you got to get down and do this." He's like, "I am terrified, yeah. sir." Uh, no, you're gonna <laughs> I leave almost me. got ripped from you. Like, I'm just speaking from like how you know people in our day would talk. Like, no, the boy whispered, "Please, yeah, I, I can't give you a gun, and I can't move the rocks and shoot too. You have to get down." Like, yeah. Roland is so pragmatic all the time. He's like, "Here's here's the deal. I have to shoot." You need to move the damn rocks. You need to become a man. So this this all started with um, Jake talking to Roland about, tell me about when you became a man. Right. Like you're um, moving on and the whole story with you know, David and beating court and yada, yada. Um, so this is Jake's moment of becoming a man. Right yes, now. indeed. Like this, this is him taking out court. Instead, he's taking the rocks out of the way and, and overcoming his fear mm. and becoming a man. I don't know, I th- though. I mean, I feel like maybe just this whole experience could be lumped in towards uh, a coming of age story. Uh, because, I mean, I don't want to say it's specifically right here and now, but it's definitely overcoming his fears right here and now. So that's a fair yeah, point. OK, totally. yeah. OK. In that case, I'll agree with you. Um, have, have you had a moment like that when you were a child, Kevin? When you were mm. like, oh, now I really, like, I'm trying to think too. Like, yeah, there was know. definitely a moment where, like, oh, hmm, I didn't put much thought into this. Um, hmm. I remember, okay, here's one. Uh, Dad got a flat tire mm. on, on the road somewhere. I think we're, like, all in the car. But for some reason, I went out with because I, I think I was sitting shotgun. I usually chat, sat shotgun with that. Mm. Um, but we got a flat tire, and I sat with him on the road and like changed the tire. And there was cars zooming past us like eighty miles an hour. On mm. like, I think this is when we were going to like North Carolina sometime. Um, but that was really a moment of like focus and let's just do the task in front of us and and. and that was it. Yeah, I'd say that's coming of age that I had. Mm. I'm sure you had a moment like that, Kev. I'm sure I must have, but I can't think of any. Like, I, I don't think I ever had any kind of real formative, really super memorable uh, coming of age. Or just thing. overcoming a fear in general. Like, I'm also afraid mm-hmm. of heights, and I was working yeah. on top of a building in Manhattan, and and <laughs> it sucked. But I was like, I need to be here for my friend and drill these stupid holes in a wall to make mm. a conduit go to the other side. But we were 10 stories up, and I was like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. Oh, but yes. like, and, and it's funny, it was like, hold on to my belt. I, I was literally doing that as my friend was on a, a ladder. I was holding on to his belt mm. from behind. I'm like, I got you. I got you. It was, it was the most dangerous thing I've ever done. <laughs> but yeah, we, I had to definitely overcome fears that day. I mean, <laughs> in terms of fears, definitely fear of heights. I've definitely, uh, there was this one time, uh, my friend Paul and I were, uh, sort of hiking our way up this mountain in, um, Peru. And there was this really narrow walkway and definitely, you know, not, uh, super dangerous, but the, 
there there was it came to a point where the walkway was like less than a foot wide so i almost like oh my God. freaked out for a second couldn't even continue but <sighs> then uh after i like i sat down i was like just give me a second pa- just paralyzed yeah. paralyzed in fear yeah right? and then you're after, like i have to move on yeah then after a <laughs> yeah. bit paul was like oh there's people coming across we have to get out of the way i was like oh i'm so sorry and then, so i stood up and just sort of walked until we got to another a better way so my my sense of politeness overrode any kind of uh, self-preservation or fear <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i've heard that story before yes. but yeah <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, anyway, so anyway, um, back to so yes, Roland uh, pulled Jake back up by his belt, uh, and then let's see, they've got these rocks in the road, um, and then there's one part where it changes. Uh, let's see, the slow mutants no, no, began to. Roland told him to hold on to his belt. That, right. that was. That's what I meant. It, it, I don't know. That that was. The, he pulled him up by his arm, but uh, oh, you're once right. He you're right. Yes. Up, like, he told hold Roland on to, grab to his my belt. belt. Gotcha. And he he felt his head in the small of his back, like. It, this is the connection that they finally made. Like, mm. I think Roland was avoiding this connection the whole time. He's like, oh, I guess I got this kid with me, whatever. Mm. And he's realizing, like, he's learned how to make a fire from him. Like, um, they've been through experiences together. But this is really the moment where he's like, I love this kid. Mm. <laughs> I want to I take care of him. I don't want him to die. Well, I mean, he definitely had that moment outside, uh, probably right at the Jake lighting the fire and doing Roland's whole little rhyme. Uh, But Uh it feels like Roland came back to it because, what was it, right before they went in and they met the man in black and all, Roland kind of felt that sort of decoupling that they mentioned. But I feel like now, after he was like... Decoupling. Yeah, now, after he's had that moment of like, is it now? Do I let him go now? And then, but he's still, no, he keeps trying. He grabs Jake back. So it's like he's going Mm -hmm. back and forth with how he feels about it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, And Again, I'm still nervous about Jake, but like he saved his life. Yeah, that's big. I, I thought Jake was going to die right there. Mm. But he did. Um, Indeed. So, so once wait, again, before, um, he's being pragmatic. I can't give you a gun. I can't mm. move the rocks. You before have to we even the get there, actually, there are a couple of changes. Uh, Jake says, oh, right. uh, yeah, Jake says, are they going to get us? The boy asks calmly. Uh, in the original, he just says no. But then the new version, he says never in life. So just adding a few more phrases to Roland's vocabulary. Uh, and then hmm. a little later, it says uh, they'd only been able to drag uh, boulders into their. Now the, uh, they had not been able to drag any boulders to block their way; only small but rocks, only enough uh, to stop them to make someone. In the original, it says only enough to make someone get oh. down. Get down, the gunslinger said. But then in the new version, it says only enough to make someone. And then there's just a dash, and then it says get down. So it's kind of like uh, a little bit more uh, musical or something. Only enough to make someone get down. You know what I mean? Like uh, almost like a like a an yeah, edit there. Does. Yeah. In in my version of the book, it doesn't have that. That's funny. That's why I. I was pausing to listen to you and, and also read. Hmm. The, it, there is no dash. It just says yeah, that's small the, rocks the original, only yeah. enough to stop them to make someone get down. Yeah. So instead of having the double get down in the row, the the new version has the dash. So I like that. Make someone get down. Yeah. So it cuts out the get down. Hmm. It says only small rocks to make someone dash dash. Get down. Get down. Yeah. You'll have to. Oh, oh no. He's not saying get down. Like, okay. I understand. 
get down. Like, because it's always how Roland talks. Is, exactly. Uh, very, very, very like, this is what needs to happen next. Get down and take the rocks out. Like, yeah. Calmly. I feel like he's saying these things. Yeah, look at this logically. I'm not giving no, you a gun, please. so I will cover you while you do this thing. Here's the deal. Yeah. You need to move those rocks as quickly as you can, and I will cover you from behind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he reminds me of Dad, too, a little bit, Roland. Yeah, I could see you know? that. Because I think Dad, in the face of uh, a lot of chaos, was always like, Nick, here's what you need to do right now. Because hmm. I'm losing my damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to change this tire, and we're going to do it, and it'll be fine. It's like, okay, Dad, hmm. let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's... I, I kind of inherited that as well. The, when there's... Uh, people panicking around you're just like okay what's the one thing we're going to do first we're going to do go step by step where don't worry about everything that went wrong don't worry about uh what's going to happen next what are you going to do right here right now and then what once we, we get through this right then, now exactly yeah we'll deal with the the future when it comes but let's <clears throat> let's figure out the presence this is true and- there was <laughs> And actually, to that, uh, there was one time in high school when one of my friends, uh, we were leaving Dairy Queen, and uh, she went in forward instead of reverse, and she just crashed into the red uh, fence that was uh, blocking off the Dairy Queen parking lot. So I know that red fence. Yeah. (laughs) So there was one another person in the car. Dairy Queen, by the way, it was right up the street from our. Uh, child, childhood home. Anyway, Not me, Kevin. But I think it was just the older. <laughs> oh, four. you didn't. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You worked yeah. at Forest Dairy. Yeah, true. It was me, Teresa, and Lauren worked at Forest Dairy. You, Dennis, and Lauren worked at Vesta, and I think just the oldest four worked at Dairy Queen. Of uh, Teresa did too. No, Teresa did too. The oldest five. Oh, oldest five. You're right. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pete. His job was cleaning out the garbage cans. That mm. sucked. <laughs> the rest of us actually worked inside and doing like ice cream and stuff. Right. Teresa is the only crossover from Dairy Queen and Forest Dairy. Very true. <laughs> and also, I think anyway. uh, Lauren's the only crossover between Vesta and uh, Forest Dairy as well. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, because Dennis never worked at any of the other two, but the three of you did work at Vesta, the pizza place. Yeah, a couple on the list. Anyway, those were our yes. jobs when we were kids in Rutherford. In, in I don't the know Rutherford, East Rutherford this. neighborhoods, yes. <laughs> but yes, so in any case, so uh, basically, let's, where's the sentence? Jake's eyes rolled terribly. For a moment, his body shuddered with the tune and tunings, turnings of his mind. And then he wriggled over the side and began to throw rocks left and right, working with mad speed and not looking up. Uh... So then, so that's what it says in the new version. In the original, it said uh, he began to throw rock. Wait, it says uh, yeah. it's, in the original. It says Jake, Jake's eyes rolled ter- terribly. Uh, for a moment, his body shuddered in tune with the turnings in, of his mind, and then he wriggled over the side and began to throw rocks to the right and left madly, not looking. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I thought it was boulders in front of them. So it's just oh no, it's just little rocks. Yeah. It's just a bunch of little rocks, just impeding just them enough to be in the way. Yeah. yeah, young Jake, young Jake can do it. He's exactly. Like, you got to move all these little freaking rocks out of the way so our push car can go through. Yeah. 
And, and here and is he, one of the, uh, so he took out uh, Madly ugh. and changed it to working with a mad speed. So again, to the uh, his hatred of adverbs. And yeah, changed it from not looking to not looking up. So, eh, whatever. Eh. So yeah, so then, um, yeah. So the two of them lurching rather than walking went no, for no, the boy. That, that works. Wait, I like that change. Uh, not working with mad speed. Not looking oh. up. No, not looking up mm. is like not looking can mean like looking to the side, looking around, like you're not right. looking up. Yeah, you basically know? not looking for the the slow mutants that are nearby. Yeah, slow mutants. Yeah, yeah. He's just and well, looking up means looking at Roland instead of this. I don't know. Right, yeah. it's just a little change, but gotcha. I like it. So yeah, so basically they're coming up close. Ugh. Yeah, the yes, boy screamed. The boy screamed and continued to throw rocks to either side. Which glow leaped and danced. Hard to see now. That was the worst. Everything had gone to shadows and after images. So new version added in uh, to either side after he began to throw. Continued to throw away rocks and then added in everything had gone to shadows and after images. The after images parts added. So. Basically, just, you know, a little bit more descriptiveness going along with it. So they're coming along uh, right up after him, one of them hardly glowing at all, uh, reached up with his rubber boogeyman arms, uh, eyes that ate up half of the immunity's face rolled wetly. So Jake screamed. The gunslinger fired uh, without allowing himself to think before his spotty vision could betray his hands into a terrible quiver. The two heads were only inches apart. It was the muty who fell. Uh... And then slitheringly, true. Oh, he he took, took that one out. He took out slitheringly. Yeah, that might be a little okay. bit too adverby. <laughs> <laughs> well, because this is the part I was thinking. Because then the very next thing is Jake threw rocks wildly. So yeah. it was like, who fell slitheringly and then threw rocks wildly? It's like I could get rid of one of these adverbs here. This exactly. Is, although slith- slitheringly is a great word. <laughs> it is. It, it's, it's a little very it's a little cumbersome. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Gosh. Glowing hardly at all. His head rolled wetly. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of adverbs in this part. He threw rocks wildly. They fell slitheringly. But I think when he's in action sequences, he starts to use adverbs a lot because he's trying to describe what's going on, mm. which is what an adverb is for. It's it's to modify verbs, a verb. Yeah. It's to modify an action that's going on. So mm. like, how is this action happening? It's happening slitheringly, wildly, you know, <laughs> all <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, I guess that's the time when during these action sequences where we get the most adverbs. Um, I wanted to exactly. go back for a second. Go ahead. Um, what is the origin of Boogeyman? I, I was Ooh. thinking about this before, I, I, and I didn't look it up. I meant to look it up because uh, it's something that's been used through history. Um, the Boogeyman. Watch yeah. out for the Boogeyman. Ooh. And there's been films called Boogeyman. <laughs> okay, yeah. So according um, to this, the word bogey originated in the mid-19th century, originally as a quasi-proper name for the devil. It may derive from Middle, e- Middle English uh, bogey or bogey, meaning a terror or a scarecrow. Uh, it relates to the bugbear from bug, meaning goblin or scarecrow, and bear, and an imaginary demon in the form of a bear that eats small children. Uh, hmm. It was also used to. See, I don't mean think of a bear when I think of a, in your brain when you hear the word boogeyman. Like, what kind of 
body are you thinking of? Like, I'm thinking, uh, like, the 80s, for, like, stereotypical drawing of, like, a stranger. Like, they've got a fedora, a big, great big trench coat. Like, you can't see their face at all because they're covered in shadow and, like, sort of, like, shuffling and, like, very kind of bulky looking. Okay. That's different than what I think. Uh, what are you thinking of? <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, it was like, ooh, watch out for the boogeyman. Like, it, it wasn't human at all. It was like tentacular, like he was saying. Ooh. Like it, the boogie man is not really a man at all. It's just some sort of. Well, it, it really makes me think of it, mm. actually. Um, which is uh, eventually I'll get to that in Stephen King trivia. But like, I love it so oh, much, yeah, it's and great. it's just like the the embodiment of terror is the boogeyman. Boogeyman is uh, what's his face uh, Pennywise, you know. Mm-hmm. Very so true. It could be a clown. It could be this. It could be that. Like, I don't even know what it is, but it's terror is what Basically, the man yeah. is. But I think the part where I was talking about bugbears and stuff was just word etymology, like bugbear, bugaboo, uh, similar meanings. Uh, what else? Bug. Well, it, it seems like bogeyman was really the original and then it changed to boogeyman. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's definitely kind of, uh, it's sort of a, whatever, whatever you imagine it to be kind of, uh, let's see, the majority of bogeyman are in the spirit variety, while the minority are devils, witches, and other legendary creatures. Uh, some have even described to have certain animal features such as horns, hooves, and bug-like appearances. So yeah, definitely, uh, let's see. Personality trait-wise, uh, there are three different categories. The kind that punishes misbehaving children, the kind that are more prone to violence, and the kind that protects the innocent. So, three different That's types so of So, like yeah. Krampus? Kind I, of, I, I can see that. I think of Krampus a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Punishing misbehaving child. Wait, what were the other three? It was... It was uh, the kind that punishes uh, misbehaving children, the kind that are more prone to violence, and the kind that protect the innocent. Uh, to protect the innocent. So, yeah, I didn't huh, know about that. The third one is really interesting to me. The, when I think of the boogeyman, I don't think of anybody protecting the innocent. But maybe it's like, yeah, okay, so it's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, in this case, it's a bad thing. The mm. boogie, rubber boogeyman arms. True. Yeah, definitely just something that inspires fear. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, do, so do, do, yeah. Do. So, so back Rolling to the fired. original. Uh, yeah. All right, the gunslinger said, get on, quick. When the boy moved, the mutants came at them. Jake was over the side and scrambling to his feet. The gunslinger was already pumping again, all out. Both guns were holstered now. They must run. They must run? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the new they? version, it adds in, uh, it was their only chance. So I guess he's saying, uh, instead of, you know, in run or fight, he's saying they should run, metaphorically, but using the, the hand cart, not literally running. Uh, oh, okay, I thought they were... That, that's why I was confused. I was like, but you're on a hand cart, you're standing, mm. you're not running. Mm. Okay, phew. Uh, the boy was holding his belt with both hands now. Aw. Mm. <laughs> his face pressed tightly into the small of the gunslinger's back. Yeah. It's yeah. very like uh, little kid. I think that was the help. sentence. It's like, I am with you. Please protect me. Like, yeah. Oh. Both hands on his belt. Oh. Yeah. So let's see. 
group of them ran onto the tracks. The gunslinger was full of adrenaline, car flying along the tracks and into the darkness. Uh, they struck th- four or five pitiful hulks full force, and they flew like rotten bananas struck from the stem. So these things are barely put together. But, yeah. Uh, the, no, that's a great uh, uh, metaphor there. Yeah. I don't know. Simile, right? Simile. They, they flew like rotten, like rotten bananas struck from the stem. That's so descriptive and makes a lot of sense yes <laughs> you're like oh okay Ugh, gross i can yeah. tell what happened <laughs> indeed yeah Ra- yeah radiation poisoning is not a uh, a pleasant uh, thing to behold yeah you're just sort of like falling so, so apart that's, yeah that's what you think the origin that's of what the i think it is is, is, is that is there, there was an atomic blast that okay so maybe this is taking place after the stand Sorry. Could be just going back to trash trash can man and stuff. <laughs> True, we are in well, just a tunnel under a mountain. Uh, wasn't there uh, some place near there? Um, what was it? So the, that, it's called. I know. I know what you're talking about. Um, Eisenhower. Where they they, uh, they take the toxic waste under a mountain in Nevada. Um, damn it! What's the name of it? Um, uh, Yucca Mountain. There you go. Yucca Mountain. Yucca. Yeah, so that's where they take, and and that's where Trash Can Man gets the uh, the the nuclear bomb. To, to, True, to we're thinking Vegas. about we're thinking about two different parts of the book. Um, I was going to say that the mountain that they're going under kind of mirrors the the mountain that Trash Can Man goes through uh, in Colorado when he kind of goes like, and then um, the kid uh, gets like uh, like trapped by these wolves and stuff. Mm. So the Trash Can Man walks away. Wow! Wait, isn't there like a theory that all Stephen King books are like related? Yes, in indeed. the same universe or something. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, <laughs> I forgot about that. Because mm. <laughs> as I was saying that, I was like. Wait a minute, nuclear... Wait a there was a nuclear bomb at the end of the stand. Oh, maybe these people are from that. And this was written before the stand, right? Uh, oh, it was no, around the same after. time. Like, I think... I know... But it started in 69, right? So the Gunslinger, the book I'm holding... Right. Although it was not published till 82, the complete works, it was... Going to the the magazine of fantasy and science fiction, right? Yes, the but I don't think um, this part had yet. But I think if he was in the works with it, it was probably like because I think the what was it? The Stand was published in seventy eight, right? Um, yeah. So he was probably writing them both around the same time, yeah, or at least uh, sending one out to the magazine while the other one was going to the full publisher with a thousand pages, and then they said, uh, you need to cut out like a solid quarter to a third of this book because it is too <laughs> large for paperback. So, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I was looking at the, the page numbers. Um, you were actually close in our first episode. You said uh, 1138, and I was like, oh, is that a George Lucas reference? So it is... Uh, 1,138 pages um, mm. stand after he added in everything he wanted to because that one's different too. True. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. just do that one. Um, but that ended up being, I think it was 1156. So yeah, I think so. Slightly yeah, but, longer uh, than it. Exactly. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the thing. The For this version of The Gunslinger, he added in a lot more things afterwards. For whereas for with the stand, it was more that he subtracted a whole bunch of things from the the first version, and then when they oh. reissued it, he put all of those things back in that had been there originally. Uh, well, it was more the editors then telling him like, you exactly, need to cut this down. 
Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think in the in the foreword to the stand, he talks about, you know, basically they were like, okay, well, you're going to have to trim this down to 800 pages is the most the, the uh, paperback version will uh, support. So you need to trim mm-hmm. out a solid 300 pages of this. Either you can do it or we're going to do it. But either way, that's how it's going to go down. Yeah, it, it was pretty much just uh, printing issues and like how much it would cost to have hmm. like it'd be that many pages like we can't justify using this much paper Indeed. and stuff like and it wasn't it's until so, and it's like no but that's not the the whole story yeah <laughs> but then well, also the same thing happened with with tolkien and lord of the rings is they made him break it down to three books and right three releases. yes he wanted it to be just it's one really book. just one book mm. it's just one book it's lord of the rings and he was like i don't know whatever i guess we'll call the second one two towers and that led to so much confusion from the fan community. It's like, what are the two towers? Which mm. two towers? There's lots of towers to talk there about. There are a lot of towers in that uh, book, and, yeah. And really, you know, J- James Ronald Rule is just like, uh, it's whatever you want to believe because the book is The Lord of the Rings and the two towers just contain book three and four. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's John. Anyway, is this first John name? Ronald Rule? I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, dang it. I ruined it. Uh, <laughs> Nicholas. John, yeah, John Ronald Rule. But you're John. Close. Rule uh, is always the one that, uh, the, you know, I always remember. It is John. So, yes, in any case. Uh, so, some, some Tolkien fan I am. Way yeah. to go, Nick. I don't it's even right. know his first name. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, um, so here they are so under this mountain. Now, okay. On and on into the soundless flying banshee darkness. Is that where we're at? Yeah. Yeah. After an age, the boy raised his face into the made wind, dreading and yet needing to know. The ghost of gun flashes still lingered on his retinas. There was nothing to see but the darkness and nothing to hear but the rumble of the river. They're gone? The boy s- uh, They're gone, the boy said, suddenly fearing an end to the tracks in the darkness and the wounding crash as they jumped the rails and plunged to twisted ruin. He had ridden in cars. Once, his humorless father had driven at 90 on the New Jersey Turnpike and had been stopped. But he had never ridden like this, with the wind and the blindness and the terrors behind and ahead, with the sound of the river like a chuckling voice. The voice of the man in black. The gunslinger's arms were pistons in a lunatic human factory. Mm. There. In the um, new version, they actually added in uh, uh, he had been driving in 90 in the New Jersey Turnpike and had been stopped by a cop who ignored the 20 Elmer Chambers offered with his license and gave him a ticket anyway. So I like that. Uh, <laughs> I like that addition. That's exactly. awesome. <laughs> so a little bit of uh, integrity it's, from the New Jersey uh, Transit Police. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's also showing that like Jake's father is an asshole. Oh, exactly. Yeah. He's a guy who thinks yeah. he can buy whatever he needs. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, the, uh, the side of uh, good uh, is uh, over as, you know, uh, it's not letting him just get away with it. Yeah. So, yeah, that. So right after uh, that. Kevin, uh, what is the fastest you've driven on the New Jersey Turnpike? Oh, that's in the cars on the New Jersey Turnpike. We've all gone. To look for from America. America. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, New, New, probably... I, I think there's a Springsteen song where he mentions the New Jersey Turnpike, too. Yes, indeed. Um, probably more yeah, than one. one. I think yeah. it's Ros- Rosalita, right? I was going to say Atlantic City. Uh, 
It's probably a couple. Could be. Probably more uh, than one. So the New Jersey Turnpike, for people who aren't from New Jersey, is a uh, just a road. It's a yeah. Highway. Major toll road, and, I would uh, say, from north to, yeah, yeah. north to south New Jersey. You have to grab a ticket, and then you pay your toll when you get off. And if you, if you lose your ticket, oh my gosh, you have to pay the whole amount. Oh, yeah. It's a weird system. But now we have Easy Pass, so that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, you ticket. still can pay by cash using the getting the little ticket and all. But right, right, right. Um, yeah, um, I think the fastest I've ever gone on the New Jersey Turnpike though is like a hundred and five. I guess uh, I feel like I've definitely got <laughs> I've definitely gone above ninety, but I don't, uh, and have definitely uh, gotten uh, my share of tickets, uh, but definitely not as many, but. Uh, yeah, driving over. Yeah, I've definitely driven over ninety. But um, well, it was. I don't drive that fast. I was in the car with people who drive. Oh, that oh fast. okay. <laughs> um, I, I think the fastest I've ever um, been in someone's car. This guy had an Acura Integra, and we got up to one thirty-five. Holy God! On this back road in Pennsylvania, he's like, "You see this straightaway? I'm just gonna push it." I'm like, "Oh God." Uh-huh. Seatbelt. Yeah. playing. Yeah. <laughs> it was super fast. And Ugh. he's like, listen, I got. It was incredibly fast. And I was terrified. So, I would be too. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't like driving particularly fast. It's just there are times when, you know, you're, you're in a rush. Uh, but yeah. I feel like 90 and that, is, would and be that's my what maximum. Jake is feeling right now. That's what Jake is feeling right now. He goes, yeah, they're gone. The, the boy said timidly, you can slow down now. We left them behind. Please slow down. Please slow down. But <laughs> Roland's like, nope. Didn't nope. hear you. <laughs> we are pushing this cart as fast as I can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they went on three periods of waking and sleeping without incident. And the new version <sighs> has. We can breathe. Yeah. The new version has. They went on for three days without incident. Days in quotation marks. Just to. Ooh, I like that. In yeah. Quotations. All right. Because we don't know how time works here. And also, I like that in the new version, uh, it's got it broken up by, like, uh, subchapters with Roman numerals. So, uh, section 11 is just, they went on for three days, they went on for three days without incident. And then it goes on to section 12. Oh, I just noticed that. Yeah. So, that's all section 11 is. Yeah, it's just that one sentence. They went on for three days without incident. Oh, I love that. Just to give you kind of a a lull (laughs) in between, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, it, it... that was the same exhale that I just had. Like they're they're out of the, the woods for a second. Like it's giving us a chance to breathe as a exactly. reader. Exactly. Yeah. That was intense. Kevin. Oh yeah. I almost think we should like stop there. I don't know. I think we. I think <laughs> we, we can get through today? section twelve. Uh, section twelve yeah, is that hard. We can get through long. section twelve too. Yeah. yeah. And also this yeah. this answers some of your questions about the slow mutants, at least in my point of view. So basically, they keep going during the fourth period of waking, um, halfway through, three quarters. They didn't know. Knew only that they weren't tired enough yet to stop. There was a sharp thump beneath them. The handcar swayed, and their bodies immediately leaned to the right against gravity as the rails took a gradual turn to the left. And here we've got a couple of changes because originally it said they didn't know only that they were tired. They weren't tired enough yet. And the new version says they knew only that they weren't tired enough yet to to, uh, to stop. 
And then also, okay. uh, in the original, it said they immediately leaned to their right with gravity as the rails took a gradual turn. And the new version, it says they immediately leaned to their right against gravity as they took a turn to the left. So are they so I, I had to read wise, that line yeah. a couple times to understand what was going on, but it makes sense. It, yeah. It's so centripetal force. Exactly. You know, so if you're like turning left, yeah. your body your body is going to shift right. It's going to so, go to the right. Yeah, yeah. Is, so, it's basically yeah. just saying it instead of saying the the handcart turned to the left, he takes it to us through the how they feel. Exactly. You know? I I it's just it's Stephen King describing things in a different way than most people do. Because mm. he could have just said the handcart then turned to the left. Instead he said <laughs> Yeah. Their bodies, their bodies lean immediately right. lean to the right with gravity as the rails took a gradual turn to the left. Mm. So as far as uh, tripodal, it gives as, you a feeling like I feel that because I've done that. Like the car is going to the left. I feel like, I, yeah. you know, so yeah. from a reader's point of view, it's much more descriptive than saying the hand car turned to the left. Mm-hmm. So in, in terms of physics wise, though, if you turn, if your body leans to the right as the car is turning to the left, are you leaning to the right with gravity or against gravity? Which physics wise, which version is correct? Um, let me answer that question with a, an example. Um, say you're holding a bucket of water sure. with a rope on it, all right? And you're spinning it, you're spinning it around your head. The, the water actually won't s- spill out because it's pushed away. So when you're in a circle, your forces are taking you away. That's what's known as centripetal force, um, which is often confused with centrifugal force which is the pulling of things in towards the middle. And that's how a centrifuge works. Right. You know? So centripetal, P-E-T-A-L, is... So as you're going to the left, or in a circle, in centripetal, as you're going to the left, your body's going to take you to the right. Mm. That's what he's talking about here. So it's like... Gotcha. I'm thinking about the physics of all this is going on. I'm like, yes, thank you, Stephen King. Okay, so that makes sense then. So, the, in, so their bodies are leaning against gravity because it's inertia that's pulling them to the outside of this arc, right? Yeah, and that's okay. if you're on like a, a roller coaster. Like one of my favorites at uh, Great Adventure was El Toro. Mm-hmm. Remember that one? Yeah, it's still there. The, the the wooden one. So there's one point where it's got this great turn um that comes all the way around and you feel your body like um it's just pretty great uh so yeah that's centripetal force good to know why do we get on this topic i'm sorry (laughs) hey i always i always (laughs) want you to explain the science (laughs) but the problem is i don't know exactly all the science (laughs) it's mostly guesses and like conjecture and what i remember from this is the but i am teaching science Yeah, it's the same thing with my uh, knowledge of literature and whatnot. Most of the time, just guessing. I think to admit that you don't know everything is the... That's true knowledge. Very true. (laughs) The knowledge of what you don't know. You keep reading, Gev. What's the next part? Next part, um, there was a light ahead. A glow so faint and alien that at first it seemed to be a totally new element. Not earth, air, fire, nor, nor water. It had no color and could only be discerned by the fact that they had regained their faces and hands in a dimension beyond that of touch. Their eyes had become so light sensitive that they noticed the glow more than five miles before they approached its source. 
so there's a couple of little changes in there. Uh, so that was the new version. In the original version, it said uh, neither earth, air, fire, or water. And the new version, it says not air, fire, nor water. And then it says blah, blah, blah. That's, a, that's what we call a blue change, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, and and also it says that um, let's see, their eyes had become so light sensitive that they noticed the glow over five miles before they approached it. So instead of they noticed the glow more than five miles before they approached its source. So again, just making a little bit more of an active voice instead of the passive. So that that also got me thinking. Hmm. Is like if you are in pitch blackness, how far away? Would you see light if it was up ahead? Oh, very far. Yeah, particularly if you've I, been I don't know the adjusted answer to that for question, days. Yeah. yeah, so they're saying like five miles? Yeah. I feel like you could even see further than that. Mm-hmm. But they also just turned to the left, so exactly. like, they noticed it they when fi- they turned to the left. Yeah, yeah, they finally have a line of sight, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jake says it's the end. Well, it it's also reminds me of, you know, that classic, the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm go to the light at the end of the tunnel it's like they're both dead and they're going to hmm. the next step whatever it may be indeed i mean we talked about this before that they're dead True. right could be dead jake, jake got hit by a jake car jake definitely died at one point yeah <laughs> uh. they said that and i think <laughs> roland probably died as well and this whole story is about what happened after he died and hmm. we'll eventually learned how he died indeed in a very like uh not John Paul Sartre. Uh, what's his name? Uh, in very like Beckett. Uh, I was going to oh. say the like hell is other people kind of thing where uh, no exit. That's what it's called. Yeah. No exit. Yeah. Is it, is it Camus, right? That is Camus. Oh, okay. I thought that was Beckett for some reason. Who am I thinking? What am I thinking? Oh, like of? You were talking about a uh, existentialist. So exactly. A couple famous oh, ones. No exit Sartre, is John Paul Camus. Sartre. Oh, it is starts. Okay, yeah. my bad. But yes, definitely. Yeah, can, it, this is it. kind of the vibe that we're going by. That you know, basically, this version of if if they are dead, then this version of the afterworld is just this desert with barely anybody around, and the world has moved on, and death isn't what it used to be. I guess. Yeah. Mm. Well, anything is what you want it to be. Mm. You know, it's 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 like faith and beliefs and stuff like. Oh, yeah, I believe it's, you know, on a cloud with angels and crap, or it could be anything. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> no one does, because we can't ask them. They're all dead. They are. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> come back. Uh, and, and actually, that's what uh, drove poor uh, Nort to insane, uh, just the knowledge of what of what is after death. Yeah. And then uh, drives mm-hmm. Ali insane as well. So yeah, Stephen King it's definitely me insane as well. I, I would say oh, the really? whole idea of exist. Well, I don't know what is insane too. Mm-hmm. I'm saying existentialism blows my mind mm-hmm. and like makes me want to like. It's like oh, my head hurts now. Mm. But that's not insanity. That's just enlightenment. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah you're okay. you're just on the edge of uh, you know uh, further gr- critical thinking. It's not uh, there's no risk of insanity in there. So yeah. Uh, at least that's what. Uh, oh, phew. All yeah. right. So I'm okay. I'm You're just okay. Yeah. Keep thinking existentially, myself. and it'll only lead to <laughs> to greater wisdom, not insanity. Don't worry about it. 
But uh, yeah, so here we go. Do the best you can be on this yes. planet and in this time period, and know hopefully that good things will happen in the future. Exactly. That's why karma, to me, is a great uh, thought. Indeed. Mm-hmm. More positive uh, energy and uh, whatever, more positivity that you put out into the world, the more there will be for everybody. The more you'll get back. Yeah, mm. Absolutely. So basically, they kind of go on for a little while longer, walking, yada yada. Not a lot, no real changes in this uh, particular section. But basically, they get up to the where kind of the the track almost ends, more or less. And let's see, as they ahead, drawing nearer was a huge hangar stretching up from into the dark, cut into it, showing yellow squares of light, where a series of perhaps twenty-four entranceways, growing from the size of toy windows to a height of twenty feet, as they drew closer. They passed inside through one of the middle ways, and written above were a series of characters in various languages. The gunslinger presumed he was astounded to find that he could read. The last one, it was an ancient root of the high speech itself, and said, track 10 to surface and points west. So, yeah. So, basically, they kind of keep going, yada yada, and then Jake says, it's like a subway. The boy said, subway? Never mind. And then, in the new version, he adds in, you wouldn't know what I was talking about, and I don't even really know what I'm talking about. Not anymore. So... <laughs> so, another one, so, Jake instinctively knowing to, a thing, yeah. Yeah, this goes back to the Jake teaching Roland stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, movies. What are movies? Subway. What does that mean? You know, yeah, like, it, it, he's a man out of time. Mm. You know? So clearly, this is time travel that's happening. I think some kind and of here time is travel. The, I think the yeah. nexus point. I think. Well, this- it's definitely some sort of a subway thing that has the bottom language uh, is apparently an ancient root of the high speech. So it is definitely uh, furthering the theory that Roland's world takes place in the vast, far, far future. Yeah. Yeah. But it's written here in this place that clearly, and I think we'll get to that in a second, um, kind of what happened to everybody there. Exactly. Um, so wait, 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 before we get to that, wait, 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 you skipped over a bunch of stuff I liked. I did. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, go ahead. True. I've, I'm, I've always uh, got I, my eye on the changes. So yeah, you keep uh, yeah, no, no, on the things good. that you like. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, this made me think of like the uh, uh, Shining Time Station hmm. with like where the trains kind of come together and there's that little juncture point and it spins around. Hmm. So that's what I was thinking. Like Tom's the ch- tank engine and stuff. And they get True. on their little push cart. Um, but it's a huge area. Like they were just in this tunnel for a very long time. Um, is this just New York? That's what I was thinking. Is um, this New York in the far future? Like something happened? I'm not sure. I mean, I guess any- I know there's subways everywhere, but like the way he says, like terminal, uh, a grand terminal, like Grand Central Station. You know? mm-hmm. Interesting. And I guess if there was some sort of a nuclear explosion, then any kind of buildings would just erode over the ages into just what appears to be a mountain. So maybe the mountain mm-hmm. is just, you know, uh, decomposed uh, New York City over top of it. Who knows? I don't know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you also skipped one of my favorite lines. Okay, go for it. I got I... <laughs> True. I was trying to move um... us along. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, They made the gunslinger nervous, like ghost galleons trapped in an underground Sargasso. 
True. Yeah, that's an. In, yeah, for I'm going to look up Sargasso right now because I don't know well, what it's that is. Sargasso Sea, right? Um, just off of uh, uh, Spain, kind of in the Atlantic Ocean there. Uh, actually, according right? to this, the Sargasso get? Sea it's is capital capital S. Right. Yeah, right. it's a region of the Atlantic Ocean bounded by four currents. Uh, it basically, it looks like it's between uh, all of the eastern seaboard of north america and the um what do you call the caribbean Portugal. caribbean yes. islands and oh it's down there yeah okay, it's down bad. there yeah oh all right but like florida yeah even, even low like it's sort of like centered at florida and it goes as high far north as like nova scotia and like northern canada and goes as far south as yeah. brazil oh, yeah. it's way off my bad yeah, it um, seems like it's a, little, is, it's a little bit further over. It, it like it almost get gets uh, to Europe, but it's like only about three quarters of the way, and then the the current kind of basically like as it's going around and like comes towards uh, Africa, then it curves back around towards South America again. I see. Hmm. Anyway, the, the point is, ghost galleons like uh, yeah, it's just like gives it like that spooky kind of. Um, that vibe, yeah. I don't know. Davy Jones kind of. <laughs> gotcha. That's, that's the best ghost galleon I could think of. The Black totally. Pearl. <laughs> or, uh, well, Davy Jones's ship was uh, the... Nick, you know this. The Flying Dutchman. <laughs> yes, the Flying Dutchman. Also the nickname for Honus Wagner. Mm. It was a great shortstop. Interesting. <laughs> All right. But, um, yeah. Moon ran along. Anyway, so definitely, so track ten to surface and points west hmm. is what we saw. Exactly, they're in this uh, sort of underground the, in the high subway. speech. So yeah. that's the important thing to, to make me think that it's not New York, you know. Or some traveler came back and was like, "All right, let me show you the the, the ways, the holes." Hmm. Did we talk about this? Which the, part? The hole travelers? Oh yeah, the 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 many. Yeah, many, many. Yeah, many. Yeah, many, many, whatever. They haven't been brought up again, but now I'm thinking about them because they've been in a hole, and there's a bunch of holes here. Mm, Exactly. So there are people who travel between worlds, as they say. But in this case, it looks like it's just a uh, different, like a sort of train station, but true. In New York... It's an actual train station. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Somewhere. Yeah, nothing uh, magical going on here, just uh, straight-up trains, or in in their case, there's always magic... (laughs) true well the handcart talked to them too remember that well but it seemed like it was more electrical than magical yes Mm. good (laughs) good job that's weird (laughs) (laughs) something's going on here there's some magic going on Mm. Um, the boy climbed up and onto the hard cement they looked at silent deserted booths where newspapers and books had once been vended an ancient bootery a weapon shop a weapon shop the gunslinger, with a sudden burst of excitement, saw revolvers and rifles. Closer inspection showed that their barrels had been filled with lead. He did, however, pick out a bow, which he slung over his back, and a quiver of almost useless, badly weighted arrows. The woman's apparel shop. Somewhere a converter was turning the air over and over, as it had for thousands of years, but perhaps not for much longer. It had a grafting noise somewhere in the middle of its cycle, which served to remind that perpetual motion, even under strictly controlled conditions, is still a fool's dream. 
The air had a mechanized taste. Their shoes made flat echoes. Mm. The boy cried out, hey, hey. Okay, so I'm going to stop there. True, <laughs> that was yeah. a long paragraph. A, few, a, few, a <laughs> couple of changes in there. Uh, instead of the uh, climbed up onto the hard cement, he changed it into the cracked cement, which I feel like is more indicative that this is t- days gone by and like the the cement is like been cracked and broken. Uh, let's mm. see. Where newspapers and books had once been traded or sold instead of vended. So that one's kind of mm. meh. Okay. A bootery instead of an ancient bootery. Uh, the gunslinger suddenly feverish with excitement instead of with a sudden uh, burst of excitement. Burst of feverish. Well, I, I, I really felt rolling right there. It's like, oh, there's guns. Yeah. <laughs> Get more guns? I want more guns. <laughs> mm. Like, I'm imagining Roland in like that scene from Commando where like mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger is just loading up with weapons. Mm. <laughs> he is a person who never passes the opportunity, that's for sure. But he even goes for this bow that the arrows are probably useless, but maybe he's the kind of guy who can fletch his own arrows. The question I had, the question I had, closer inspection showed that their barrels had been filled with lead. That means, like, they're... They don't work anymore. I all, think it's a toy, barrels. like a toy store. Like oh, he just realized that was a, it, that's what they uh, are. <laughs> oh, now I get it. Okay, and and so this bow is like a children's toy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now I this that makes that hilarious. <laughs> exactly. That Roland is like, ooh, weapons, but little does he know he's walking into a Toys R Us. Yeah. These are cap guns and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh, with lead. What is this? Oh, that's that'll be a great scene for when. They do the show. True. <laughs> Jake doesn't say anything because he's just correctly. like, yeah, sure, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a toy store. What's wrong with you? Okay. Yeah. Um. But meanwhile, we've got a little another aspect of ancient technology that still works. The the air conditioner is still turning over and over. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. In the original, it says, but, uh, but perhaps not for much longer. And then the new version says, but perhaps would not for much longer. Uh, it had a grating noise somewhere in its cycle, as opposed to somewhere in the middle of its cycle, and changed uh, even under strictly controlled conditions was still a fool stream uh, instead of is still a fool stream, which I feel like keeping the tense consistent is good. And then uh, and it changed uh, so, their wait, it wait, changed wait, their this, shoes this made goes... flat echoes to the boys' shoes and the gunslingers' boots made flat echoes, just to make it a little bit more specific. Okay. Um, the question I have is going back to like our technology aspect of things. Um, mm. the, at the way station, there was a, a well um, at the, his castle or whatever that he grew up in. They had the only technology that was around. And so now we're talking about perpetual motion, which is, it really is a fool's dream, but like it is achievable. Um, but this air conditioner is still working yeah essentially. everything else is broken and this one thing is still working so i don't know what that means did, mm-hmm. did somebody come in and, and jigger the um <laughs> the Maybe. ac who's from the future he's like i can get this to work forever because it, i don't know there, there needs to be air flowing through these vents or something well it definitely seems like the kind of thing that like, it would be overly, redundantly prepared for, like, whoever these ancient uh, people were who created this sort of train station, that maybe they have this sort of uh, futuristic technology, like the, uh, 
uh, the robot voice for the even just the simple hand cart. So just imagine what the trains are like. So mm-hmm. that's my point that I feel like uh, maybe if there just was this really high technology in the past that oh, the only thing yeah, that's still working a, is still just the, the, air, the air. air had a mechanized taste. So like to, to take us through those five senses, Stephen King mm-hmm. is now bring taste. In, I, I, I just love that. You know, oh yeah, totally. You can to hear it. You can kind of feel it. Fully, yeah. uh huh. To fully mechanized taste. Mm. So that's the technology that's going on. Mm. Anyway, um, so <clears throat> they turn, and there was a mummy. That that was what I thought was a weird word here. It's true. Um, yeah. The, the in in the original version, it just says mummy, 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 mummy. But then the, the new version, it'll change it to like one point to changes the mummy to it. Another point, he changes it to on the dead things lap. Uh, and then yeah, but the original, he's just like there was a mummy. The mummy was wearing a blue uniform. The mummy was had a newspaper in the mummy's lap, and it was just yeah. got a little bit redundant. But well, I yeah. can just imagine Stephen King looking at that paragraph and going, "I just see the word mummy three times." That's like oh, four times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to change it. Hmm. <laughs> oh, five times. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah. So d- I'm definitely glad he went to a couple of different words there. Uh, and then at yeah. one point, let's see. So. Uh, there was an ancient, per- perfectly preserved newspaper on the dead thing's lap, and it crumbled to dust when the gunslinger touched it. Uh, that's the new version, at least. In the original, it says, uh, which crumbled to dust when the gunslinger attempted to look at it. So I feel like crumbled to dust when he touched it is a little bit more accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my question was going to be um, mummies, mm-hmm. just mummies in general. Um, obviously... I think he's using mummy here as a like an actual mummy would be wrapped and prepared and uh, to preserve the body for longer. This is just a dead person that was, you know, perfectly preserved here because it says you can see like from the radiation and all. Yeah. So there was some sort of disaster that happened that these people all died in. Yeah. Right. The let's see yeah. the in the original it says uh, the mummy's face was like an old shriveled apple. Cautiously, the gunslinger touched the cheek. There was a small puff of dust, and they looked through the cheek and into the mummy's mouth. A gold tooth twinkled. Uh, and then in the original it says. Uh, I mean, in the new version, I should say, it says uh, there's a small puff of dust. When it cleared, they were able to look through the flesh and into the mummy's mouth. A gold tooth twinkled there. So just a little bit, I mean, potato, potato to me, really. But I guess it it adds in that the dust has to clear for a second. And then they were able to look through the flesh into the mummy's mouth. So yeah. interesting. But and then the point is, this thing's been dead for a long time and long, somehow long time. preserved in that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like um, after uh, 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 Mount Vesuvius erupted, mm-hmm. and, uh, the people of Pompeii are like uh, preserved Exactly. Ash, yeah. Sort of that. That's what I was thinking. So we've got. Uh, so well, it turns out it's gas. Exactly. <laughs> gas. The gunslinger murmured. Oh, so he wouldn't say it like that. Gas. The gunslinger murmured. He used to be able to make a gas that would do this. They fought wars yeah. with it. The boy said darkly. Yes. There were other mummies, not a great many, but a few. They were all wearing blue and gold ornamental uniforms. Gunslinger supposed mm. that the gas had been used when the place was empty. 
and all incoming and outgoing traffic. Perhaps in some dim day, the station had been a military objective, some long-gone army and cause. The thoughts depressed him. So these are like bus drivers, right? Essentially, like kind train of. operators. Train you know? operators, yeah. So I feel like yeah, this yeah, is yeah. probably the, the whatever the doomsday event thing that mutated the slow mutants that were uh, elsewhere in this, uh, in, in, in here. Tunnel, that's yeah. like, Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, in the in the new version, it has uh, gas. The gunslinger murmured. The old people made a gas that would do this, or so Van A told us. The one who taught from books. Oh. Yes, he. I bet these old people fought wars with it, killed other old people with it. I'm sure you're right. So it kind of puts a few more words into that little conversation. And then it says there were perhaps a dozen other mummies. All but two or three were wearing the blue and gold ornamental uniforms. And then it says perhaps once in the dim ago, the station had been a military objective of some long gone army and cause. And I, I just love that phrase once in some dim ago. Mm-hmm. Mm. So there you go. The, the, so um, also actually if, if the gas that made the slow mutants like sort of take over this area, that makes me think, yeah, that makes me think that there was some sort of a biochemical or chemical attack on Gilead. And that's why Roland is the only one who's like sort of coming back to there and he sees these slow mutants that have kind of taken over. So I wonder if there was an attack on Roland's home as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So this is all connected. I think um, so. Yes. So it's not a nuclear thing. It's not, anything of our world i think this we're actually in roland's world right and jake has been brought there but it's at a different time it's it's much later than when roland lived there in that gilead? is true is that the name yeah, of it? gilead yeah that's where he was from okay huh but he's never seen a train before true well so it's no. not his- mm, he i think he does say trains or something I don't know if he's never seen a train. Oh, no, I'm second guessing it. He might have. I'm, I don't want to rule decisively one way or another on that. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to Yeah, conjecture too far. Mm. So he says we better go. And then but the boy stood rebelliously behind him, not going. The gunslinger turned back, surprised. The boy's face was twisted and trembling. You, you won't get what you want until I'm dead. I'll take my chances by, by myself. Gunslinger nodded noncommittally, hating himself. Uh, and then in the new version, it says hating himself for what he, w- w- he was going to do. Okay. And then mm. in the new version, he says, okay, Jake. He said mildly, long days, pleasant nights. Uh, oh, he says it? He does say it there, in yeah. In the new version. Not in the original. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he says uh, long days, pleasant nights. Oh, no. He might say it to Brown at one point in the beginning, but that's it. But yeah, I think it's only once in the original. No, yeah, that that is an addition. Mm. Huh. So basically, Roland turns around and just goes back down to the handcar. Then the boy says, you made a deal. And then the new version, you made a deal with someone. The boy screamed after him. I know you did. Roland, the gunslinger, not replying, carefully put the bow on front of the T-post rising out of the handcar's floor out of harm's way. The boy's fists were clenched, his features drawn up in agony. How easily you bluff this young boy, the gunslinger told himself again and again. His wonderful intuition, his touch, has led him to this point, and again and again you have led him on past it. And how difficult could it be? 
after all. He has no friends but you. Uh, uh, no friends but you. In a sudden, simple thought, almost a vision, it came to him that all he had to do was to give it over, turn around, take the boy with him, and make him the center of a new force. The tower did not have to be obtained in this humiliating, nose-rubbing way, did it? Let his quest resume after the boy had, gro- had a growth of years, when the two of them could cast the men in black aside like a cheap wind-up toy. Surely, he thought cynically. Surely. He knew with sudden coldness that turning back meant death for both of them. Death or worse, entombment with the slow muties behind them. Decay of all the faculties. With, perhaps, the guns of his father living long after both of them, kept in rotten splendor as totems, not unlike the, that, the unforgotten gas pump. So, yeah, just mm. basically, guns. Jake is uh, saying, no, I'm not going to go forward because I know you're just going to kill me anyway. So Roland's like, all right, fine, do what you want. And because he knows he's just calling the boys bluff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you made a deal. So he's thinking he made a deal with the man in black. I think or... so. Yeah. All right. Like he and that he's just like a pawn in this uh, game mm-hmm. um, that's going on. Oh, what else was said there? Jeez, you, you read a lot of stuff. And, yeah, here's um, here's where another changes. Uh, again and again, uh, his uh, his intuition added in his wonderful intuition. His touch uh, has led him to this point. Oh, his touch, yeah. So we talked about that, the the shining kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I got you. And again huh. and again, originally it said again and again. You have left him, led him past uh, by the nose. Uh, so basically, he has no friends but you. Yeah. Poor Jake. So basically, Roland is just in his head, and he's just like, "I hate myself for doing this." But I mean, I, it's not hard to outbluff this kid. Um. So, important the point where it says the tower did not have to be obtained in this humil- humiliating nose rubbing way. Let it come after the boy had a growth of years, when two of them could cast the man in black aside. Like a cheap wind-up toy. Mm. What does that mean? Basically, <laughs> like saying it's like, it's like they both had. Go ahead. I'm thinking that it's almost like he sees the potential that is in Jake. So maybe the gunslinger could like train him up and like give him one of the guns, and then the two of them could take down the man in black together. If he uh, let Jake grow a little older, but then he's thinking, no, of course that's that's not going to happen because we could still have the slow mutants behind us. So if I try to turn around, we're just going to be going straight back into their lair. See, I, I thought when he said cast him aside, it was didn't mean to like kill him to like cast the quest aside. Like, exactly. Yeah, cast the cast quest aside. Yeah. 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 Oh man, what's going to happen next? I Indeed. Don't know. So. <laughs> Uh, where did you read up to, or did I go too far? Uh, not unlike the um, unforgotten gas pump. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, uh, and the word totems is brought up. Indeed. We, we, we talked about that earlier, right? Like, like, hey, Jude is his totem. Like, he just hmm. keeps hearing it, no matter what place he's at. Hmm. Um, not unlike the unforgotten gas pump so that's the gas pump at the way station well, no, that one that about? he remembered uh seeing some like uh somebody like sort of he became sort of a shaman just because he had this amico gas pump thing that he held between his oh, legs right, yeah right, right. oh that one okay now i understand that one yeah <laughs> so basically he's saying that his gun would become some sort of a, a totem for somebody in the distant future who has no idea what its actual purpose is for 
Oh, so the gun is the totem. I see. Hey. Uh, show some guts, he told himself falsely. He reached for the handle and began to pump it. The hand car moved away from the stone piers. The boy screamed, wait, and began running on the diagonal toward where the hand car would emerge toward the darkness ahead. The gunslinger had an impulse to speed up to leave the boy alone, yet at l- least with an uncertainty. Instead, he caught him as he leaped. The heart beneath the thin shirt thrummed and fluttered as Jake clung to him. It was like the beat of a chicken's heart. It was very close now. Mm. Aw. Yeah. That's a good moment. <laughs> and a couple of changes in there. Uh, the new version, it says, toward where the hand card would emerge nearer the darkness ahead. And then uh, it cut out the part where uh, it felt like a chicken's heart. So it just says, uh, the heart beneath the thin shirt thrummed and fluttered as Jake clung to him. The end was very close now. So a little bit more specific there, too. Oh, they cut out the saying, chicken heart? Yeah, cut yeah, out the chicken heart. There's a lot of times where I'm in reading the original and I'm like, I bet he changed that. Yeah. <laughs> I, bet, I bet he changed that. So that was real. I was like, that's like, what does that mean? Mm. Like in the original, a chicken's heart, like, is he saying that the boy's a coward or just like chickens in general have a fast heartbeat? And he was like, yeah, I think it was more there. that just, ha- just fast of, heartbeats yeah, yeah. and a very delicate thing that's right next to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that he was like a coward at all. Right now. Not like <laughs> Back to the Future mm-hmm. again, which is that that's one of the weirdest subplots that was ever added to a sequel. Exactly. Yeah. The whole uh, chicken <laughs> thing. Yeah. Because Marty in yeah, Back to the Future cares. one, he doesn't seem to be particularly prideful, but two and three. They never yeah. once mentioned that. And, Not once. And it's like, oh, don't call me chicken. It's like, oh, OK, so this is going to be a thing. Right. Yeah. The, anyway, with the whole that's, musical that's a under it. Back yeah. to the Future day. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) But this means that now we, uh, as Roland himself said, the end is very close now. So this next week, we're going to be reading up until the very end of the finally finishing up the Slow Mutants. Uh, Hey, it's been a slow mutant-y read. Slow, slow read. (laughs) But great. Oh, man, this has been so thrilling. Exactly. Very informative so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have Roland's whole uh, coming of age. The yeah, these uh, glow in the dark mutants underneath of this mountain. We've got the sight of some sort of a chemical uh, disaster in this uh, train station here. Gas, yeah. Well, what type of gas do you think they're talking about when they say we use like like mustard I don't gas? Know. Could be. I, I'm thinking it's That's something thinking. that almost like kills people instantly because the one guy still has the newspaper in his lap, so it's not like he would have been like coughing and trying to get help or anything. He was almost, frozen. Yeah, yeah, he was frozen in time. Yeah, desiccated skin, just like mm. like I said, Pompeii, and like my goodness. Yeah, so it seems like something that happened so, yeah, instantly. So it's a gas yeah. that we don't know of. Correct. Right. Yeah. Some sort of mythical. Yes. Indeed. But that's up for yeah, next week. I don't know what's yeah. going on, so but I'm excited to read for next week. Um all right. Well until then, um you can check us out online. We have a website. It's called chapterbrothers.com. Um you can also see us on um uh Spotify and the various um uh, app Stores. Indeed, Apple Music. Uh, no, no, no. Go to not Apple Music. That's not the word I was saying. Oh, podcast apps. That's what indeed wherever you wherever you get your podcasts from. Yeah, you can listen to Chapter Brothers. Just look us up at Chapter Brothers on uh, yeah wherever you want. Chapterbrothers.com oh. on Facebook and in uh, uh, as we said wherever you find your podcasts. 
that was better. It was much more eloquent than what I was trying to say. <laughs> we got uh, there. Good job, Kevin. Um, yeah, yeah, we bring out the best in each other. Exactly. I feel, each week. <laughs> Indeed. Well, until then, so we're going to read up to the Slow Mutants next, or the end of the Slow Mutants. End of the and, Slow Mutants, uh, We'll yes. talk about that next week. But until then, Kevin, long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. I love you, brother. <laughs> love you so much, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.